0: Hey, 13th graders, thanks for joining us. Today is the second episode in our politics class, and you're going to be hearing from my friend Aaron Lyles, who is the CEO of a really cool tech company called Common Ally. Common Ally is a service that educates, activates, and rewards young people for taking action in support of organizations and issues that they care about. They're currently developing a product designed to, to give users agency over their own data and be rewarded for offering their ideas, opinions, and actions. As you'll hear in this interview, Common Ally was doing a couple different things at the time of the interview, which we recorded at the end of 2020. Also, the political landscape was a little bit different than it is now, but most of what we talked about is still relevant and will continue to be relevant forever. I love what Common Ally is building and I think you guys will get a lot out of this conversation. We talked about the pros and cons of social media when it comes to politics, how people make their voting decisions, and lots of other things that I think you'll find really useful. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the 13th grade. What are some of the moments you remember most about high school? I'm gonna go ahead and say, it wasn't the Pythagorean theorem. Maybe I need to learn the TikTok, you know, that's (laughs) that's,
1: that's where I'm at right now.
0: And I'm interested in exploring all the things we didn't learn in school.
2: The secret of life is to enjoy the journey, to have fun, to embrace yourself.
0: I'm your host, Rebecca Burrow. I want to invite you to learn with us. Get ready to learn something. Welcome to the 13th grade. Hi, welcome to the 13th grade podcast. We are welcoming our guest today, Aaron Lyles, who is the founder and CEO of Common Ally, an amazing company and app dedicated to bringing unbiased information into the world of politics, which is something that I know that we all need. And I will hand it over to Aaron uh, to tell me a little bit more about yourself and about Common Ally.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I, I run the Common Ally. I'm sure we'll get into the nuts and bolts of what that is. But, you know, in really simple terms, we just wanted to, you know, educate and activate young people around issues um, that they care about rather than politicians or parties. And I think that's especially now, you know, we're seeing the country kind of devolve into partisanship pretty heavily. And I think a lot of that is because we focused on the wrong thing for too long. And I think the younger generation is actually focused on the right thing, which are issues and compassion and, you know, honesty and and honoring differences of opinions. So we wanted to kind of harness that, create a home base for that. And, yeah, that's what we're doing. That's kind of who I am. Uh, I think that's (laughs) I, I am... The company is me because there's no <laughs> other time for anything else. So that's my intro. <laughs>
0: yeah, I, I know how that goes. But before we really dive into it, give us a little backstory. How did you, what was, um you know, the idea behind Common Ally and how did you end up doing what you're doing right now?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it's, it sounds kind of cheesy, but like just, it was really this urge, this dedication to something larger than myself. And a lot of that was driven because of my daughter, who when we started Mm -hmm. at the time, she was two. And it was like the primaries of the 2016 election. And this was where just everything really started coming to like public view of like, wow, stuff's broken. And I was starting to get really worried that, you know, my little girl wasn't going to have a bright future that, you know, days before we thought she would. So that was like kind of driving, you know. I was a content producer in the fintech industry, and you know, I have a production company, and like I always understood the relationship that content played as a bridge builder. And whether that's informing people on something or connecting people through the more, you know, interactive social components of media, I knew that I can kind of use that skill set for a higher purpose. So that was kind of my driver, and seeing that there needed to be really like dramatic democracy reform and that's yeah. that's kind of how it started it was but i'm also like you know i've been a political junkie since i was a young kid so i've always been like politically adjacent as far as like aware of policy and aware of like all of the things in that world and my network i know people in dc but i was never directly involved in politics so when i finally did make that transition and launch common ally it was definitely kind of an outsider perspective
0: doing that which is really needed i feel we we need the outside voices looking in
1: yeah i i think it is i think you have to do that with humility and you have to do that using the networks around you right like know your weaknesses and where your strengths are and then team up to make sure you have this like fully fleshed out way to approach reform right rather than you know what we see a lot is this brash like machismo of just like I'm an outsider. I'm going to go in here and I'm just going to break it and shake it up and <laughs> hope for the best, you know? And it's like, yeah, and that's unfortunately not, you know, party specific. And there's a lot of people that just have that kind of ego forward approach. And we, we just wanted to do that differently.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But so talk a little bit more about how you have done that. Like who have you partnered with? What have you researched? Kind of some of the initial discoveries you guys have made.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's kind of a tough question because there's so many different paths we've taken and and people we've linked up with and I think you As know for entrepreneurship us
0: entrepreneurship goes yeah I
1: know it's like <laughs> oh, which piece of that hat which hat should I throw on but yeah I think you know early on it was for so again we're taking a content forward approach so my mm-hmm. first priority was really getting the right product designer and getting the right developers and you know the other thing is like. I was always tech adjacent on being a content producer, but I'm not a tech founder. So knowing I would be starting a tech tech company, it was really getting those pieces where the UI, UX, the look and feel of this had to be so specific and the functionality Mm -hmm. of it from a technological standpoint had to be on point. So for me, it was first getting those pieces in place because we're dealing with Gen Z, you're dealing with a younger generation where looks matter and function matters more. And you can't have one yeah. without the other. So that was kind of the first piece. And that alone was like shaking things up because in GubTech tech and civic tech, everything is, you know, white or red, white, and blue and copy heavy and like very academic. So yeah. taking a more, you know, entertainment focused approach was already something that we needed to kind of tap resources there. But I had a friend of mine who worked at the Hoover Institute at Stanford and also worked on the Hill. So through him he was one of our first like you know advisors, you know, quote unquote that we were kind of having help out who really connected us with a lot of people in the political world and it kind of you know spiraled from there. One one really good relationship would lead to another and another and then before you knew it we had a board that consisted of campaign advisors to presidential candidates and, and candidates and so forth. So it was really just being diligent about using really strong relationships in a way that would you know, not just like satisfy our mission, but theirs as well. Sure. I think that that yeah. part was really important.
0: Yeah, that's great. And just to talk a little bit about your guys's content, we've worked with your team before, and you guys really do create beautiful, quality content. So it shows that from the very beginning, that was something that was of such value to Common Ally. And I think you're right. I think it it totally matters and it, it adds to your credibility and just quality as a company. So, you know, hats off, kudos to you guys. You're, you're doing Thank a great you. job on the content. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. And let's, let's talk a little bit more about like your, your mission. Your, your tagline is screw politics. This is about <laughs> the issues. <laughs> Tell me more a little bit about, you know, the polarizing nature that we've all seen and some of the stuff that's come up just as you've dug into that a little bit more.
1: Sure, sure. Well, you're half right. That's uh, okay. the screw politics line. <laughs> it's not our tagline. It's just it's on the website because we okay, had our okay. tagline and our tagline gets a little mouthy. And it was more like, you know, what are we trying to say? <laughs> Most basic form. <laughs> and it was that, right? So that's our tone, right? No matter yeah. what, like that's how we talk when we talk to each other. That's how our generation talks. That's how the generations after us are talking now. Like, so we wanted to kind of embody that. Our like, quote-unquote mission is to reinvent civic engagement through education, action, and rewards. Mm-hmm. I think the other two kind of taglines we use a lot are people over politics. And the other one is you don't have to be an activist to take action. And that latter one to me always like really resonates because this is the year, or not the year, this is the last pretty much four years of youth activism. And that was in marching and you know doing all these really active in-your-face things. And I just knew a lot of people who were more introverted, who wanted to make the same impact, but weren't comfortable doing that. For us, it was like, well, you should have the tool set in front of you, where you get to a la carte, however it is that you want to make impact. The point was make impact, right? So that was kind of more of, and that's like our whole activate bucket is just like, let's give people multiple options of how to activate themselves around issues. So that's why the the whole, you don't have to be an activist to take action. Like it's, Is one that we probably rely on the most. I love that, and I don't know if I answered your question, but I just spoke to the (laughs) the mission. Yeah, no, no,
0: no, that's great. uh, It was a great um, tangent. Now I want to ask you another question about that. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, What? So, other than doing, like, you know, being involved in protests and marching and things like that, what are some ways that non-quote unquote activists can take action?
1: Sure. You know, I think it comes in different forms. I think, first of all, like just getting knowledgeable is an action in itself. So, you know, that's why a lot of what we do with our content too is, you know, how can we tell you about like when impeachment was big instead of like, should Trump be impeached? It was more of a like, what is impeachment? So we did a yeah. five steps to impeachment video, right? To like help people understand the process and the, the what is and the why's rather than the how should you feel about it. That's up to the person viewing it we're not bringing emotion to it, right? It's very like, this is what something is. So uh, I think, you know, some of the ways to activate is you know not just that, not just the education part and getting knowledgeable, that is one piece, but it's also, you know, maybe signing a petition, maybe contacting your rep, showing up to a town hall, donating to a campaign, canvassing for a candidate you really believe in. You know, it's all about, you know, and volunteering your time. If you don't have the money, there's a million things you can do that don't involve that. So, you know, creating your own events, running for office yourself, getting involved with PTA if you're a parent, like, you know, there's just a million things you can do. And once you say even one of the things I just rattled off, it's like, oh, okay, I can do that. You know, I can write letters from my living room. I can, you know, sign a petition in two seconds. I can, those things matter, especially when, like, when you contact your rep as a constituent of that representative, they have to record it. So now your Mm -hmm. voice just got recorded. Like, that's a big step that means something. Register yourself to vote. Bring friends to register, you know. So that's kind of what we talk about when we talk about activation.
0: Yeah, that's great. That's really great. After a quick break, we'll be right back with more great conversation. Stick around.
2: Need a logo for your business? A website to showcase your products and or services? A poster for your upcoming event? or art for your next big music album? How about custom wedding invitations, menu designs for your restaurant, or marketing collateral to promote your latest company launch? Whether you're looking for assistance creating unique on-screen or print designs, let Dory Chronic help turn your dreamy ideas into a visual reality. Combining graphic design, photography, and mixed media art, Dory is a true creative powerhouse with over 12 years of experience working professionally in the creative field. We would know. Dory designed our podcast logo and she's helped us with a variety of other design projects throughout the years. So whether you're a large organization, a small company, or simply striking out on your own, let Dory provide expert, friendly, and collaborative creative services cater to your unique situation. Take a look at her work and contact her at dorychronic.com dot kcom Follow her on Instagram as dorychronic or check her out on Facebook as dorychronic art and design.
1: Knit marketing hires teens. Yep. It's our social mission to give lots of young people quality jobs, but it's also because they do excellent creative work. In addition to hiring and training our own team, we love to help businesses grow their own youth teams. Whether you're starting a summer internship program or hiring a social media manager, give us a call and we'll walk you through everything you need to know about youth employment. We'll even train your team for you. Go to knitmarketing.com slash knit academy to learn more.
0: Do you think like social media has played any role in the activism that we have seen over the past couple of years? And, and in, if so, how?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, for better or worse, I think young people get a lot of their information from social media. And, you know, I think that could be good depending on the source. And I think, you know, because this generation of education is very peer to peer, social media is pretty vital in that sense. So mm-hmm. I think those are all the positives of it. The scary part of that is that a lot of that is based on an algorithm that we have no control over. And that usually plays to, the echo chamber we already live in right so that part kind of scares me but at the same time like if you look at like the blm movement and everything that came out of like may and june of just this uprising of just like enough already like and mm-hmm. obviously probably long overdue for this type of movement for the rest of the world to take notice of just the and in- the inequities and the inequalities around us social media was a driver behind that and because it's so quick and instant you know, that's how this was moving. Every day, something was developing, changing, and social media was the easiest place to, like, jump on and find out what that was. So I certainly don't want to discount it, but I think that everyone should be cautious as well that there's a reason that, you know, institutions and procedures are in place, right? Like academics, public news sources, all that kind of stuff. There's, there's a big reason for that. So I, I just think... Yeah. I don't know I don't want to, I don't want to ramble too much but I do think there are, <laughs> there are pros and cons about that
0: yeah to your point the gen Z they're using social media for everything and it has definitely sparked some really incredible movements and you know I love the mission that you guys are working toward because like you said on the other side of it it That social media creates this echo chamber and so much polarization. It makes it really hard to see the important things that we need to be talking about and need to be learning about. And so I'm wondering, what are some of the things that Common Ally does to help teach the issues and make it easy to digest (laughs) in a nonpartisan way?
1: Yeah, no, it's a good question. Again, and I'll I'll probably say this a million times before this is over, (laughs) but, you know, back to We Educate, Activate, and Reward. That's kind of one of the ways we think, like teaching from this top-down way is that's when you see the most friction. That's when you see the most Mm drop-off. That's when you see people disengage. That's when kind of everything falls apart at that point because no one wants to be taught in that way. So, you know, we break down complex or boring or confusing, you know, terms, ideas, policy, whatever it is, in a very digestible way because we want people to understand the main point. Like, we don't want them to get lost in the weeds. And if you want to do that, that's great. There's a million resources to do that. But your first, like, entry point shouldn't be that. So we do that through video content. We do that through chatbot and conversational technology. You know, being able to have a conversation, even through chatbot, like, because we do it in a very creative, like, way that fits the tone of our, our company speak. You can gleam a lot of information and really get to know somebody that way and understand what knowledge base they're coming to the table with what they want to learn what they don't want to learn what they care about what they don't and the don'ts are just as important right so it's not just the i care about cannabis okay that's awesome but what don't you care about like what is the thing you don't want to be beaten over the head with because it's just not it's not affecting you your community and, and it's not trumping the thing that's more important to the ones you love right so we, we want to know that. So I think chatbot technology is a, is a really good way. Uh, I think moving forward, that's one of the things that we're playing with. And yeah, and like, like I said, we make sure the teaching portion is like just the beginning. So to mm-hmm. us, the activation point is really where teaching on issues needs to go. Like, okay, now that you have this knowledge base, what do you gonna do about it? <laughs> like, that's what yeah. matters. You know, if you keep all that knowledge, like in your head... It's good, I guess, but you need to be able to do something on it if you want to make societal impact. And then recognition for doing that. Right. I think that to be able to do that and you know that part of the equation is really important because it's almost like going back to like, you know, you're a parent, I'm a parent. Like our kids, Mm -hmm. you know, when they see they've done something great, you want to reward that behavior. So they do that again. And when they do something that's not great, you want to be able to have a a thoughtful conversation about why they should work at this right and like yeah the same applies for adults right like we it's the reason <laughs> that we're addicted to badge notifications and to like you know all that kind of stuff and like you see that little red dot that you gotta like like you it just it feeds you with that dopamine how do yeah. we take those same neurological triggers and like create healthy habits out of them that's that's kind of how we see see our role
0: yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, with some of that data that you guys are gathering, what have been like the top issues that you see people caring about?
1: Yeah, so, and that's, you know, in the app, you pick your top five issues when you send as as you on board. So that's like one of the first things we learn. And so far, we've had, I want to say close to 20,000 responses right now. And that out of all of that, it's usually environment's number one across the board, education, gun laws. Immigration, healthcare, those are our top five. And then it gets really randomized after that, but those five are like the most consistent. And that's across party lines too. And because we don't have bias information and there's no, even when we have candidates in the app, there's no party attached to them. You just see where they stand on issues. So from that, you know, we'll have conservatives who, Line up with candidates because they're pro gun, and we'll have progressives in there who line up with other candidates because they're, you know, more about, you know, sensible gun legislation or whatever that is for them. Right. right? So it's more about, you know, what do you care about at that point, anyways, rather than how do you feel about it? That's a whole other story.
0: Right. Yeah. And like you said earlier, that's up to you. That's not up. up to like you as a user, not you as common ally.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um, And I think, you know, some of the conversational technology, we will get into more of the how just again, so we can learn, so we can understand, so we can, you know, we're not here to tell you to change your mind. We're here to say, if that's how you feel, here's how you need to help yourself make sure policy reflects the way you feel. Cause you know, I'm sure you saw this too, but people were just voting against their own interests. And a lot of that, you know, not to go too deep down this, but it's because of like subconscious frames, like it's emotional triggers that make you vote against something that's actually vote for something that's going to go against you. So that's a lot of the reason why we want to make sure that the what is first.
0: Yeah, totally. Because we vote there. Many times there are only two options. And we're voting really for some character, some celebrity figure more than anything else, because we don't have all of the information. Or if if it exists, we don't really know how to find it. Yeah, I agree. Which actually takes me to my next question. A lot of this stuff we did not learn in school. You know, we all had like political science classes, but that was about it. And if we were lucky, it was only a semester long. (laughs) So what do you think the best way for people to get informed about politics is? So,
1: yeah, that's a that's a good question. I think, you know, there's there's a literal way to answer that in a philosophical way. And I think I'll try to give you a little bit of both. I think philosophically, like I said before, you kind of have to ask yourself if you're thinking and feeling in line with the frames in your subconscious or if you're voting in line with the facts, like voting for policies and people who will better your life or if it's tapping into your subconscious. And that has a lot to do with how you were raised, what you've learned, what your peer community is like. There's a lot of environmental reasons. So it's being just knowing that, acknowledging it, understanding it. I think is a big part of how people need to learn about politics because that's what yeah. politicians know already. And that's what they frame their messaging around. Whether you know it or like it or whatever, that's what they're doing. So when yeah. you see an ad or when you see the way they talk, it's all designed to trigger that. And this is why, like, there's all these, like, you know, like, your Obama-Trump voter. A lot of people are like, how the hell can that happen? It's like, well, mm-hmm. both candidates talk to the, un, the the forgotten man, you know? And, like, this community of everybody who is left out of the picture. And that's really appealing. And that, like, kind of defined that Obama-Trump voter. So, right. and So some of that is philosophical. The literal sense for me is you know, and for us is to use the most accurate sources as your base. So whether that's like APY or routers or C-SPAN or, you know, public news organizations, as opposed to the publicly traded media, which I'm not in the camp that they're all evil and they're all like doing the worst things on earth. I still think there's amazing journalists on some of these networks, but I think people are right that, you know, there are shareholders and there are agendas and there are, you know, human beings behind those that don't follow the same standard as some of these public news organizations academic resources university you know white papers all that kind of stuff like you kind of got to do your homework you know and then there's there's friends of ours like you know all sides i don't know if you're familiar with them but it's an amazing, amazing company who they're the ones who put out like the media bias chart Where I'm Mm -hmm. sure you've seen that before, where it's like, here's the most centralized news organizations in the middle. Here's people who lean to the right, people lean to the left, people who are far left and right. And it gives you this whole like map. Even just checking that out is right there is already doing your homework. And All Sides is interesting too, because they give you a left, right, and center perspective on each like article that comes out. So that's, that's you know, it's an interesting way there too. Procon.org another you know friend of ours was the ceo of that organization for a long time to see the pros and cons of every issue so it's really it's it's kind of getting off of the infotainment channels and getting more into the academic landscape of that so i think if you can kind of do that and then do the philosophical part i think you're that's a good cocktail for being really informed
0: yeah and to me what's a little scary about that is that for me that's very interesting right i'll i'll pull up several tabs at the same time to kind of cross check whatever I'm reading, but that takes a lot of effort. You know, that takes a lot of time to be able to, to, I do that like while I'm filling out the ballot or, you know, reading an article or whatever, but I don't know that like the majority of people have that much interest in this. I guess, do you have any thoughts of that on that? Like, are there any easier ways to do the work?
1: that's literally our inception. Like in that, yeah. you know, we unfortunately are still a startup who, you know, we don't have the funds and resources that we need to make that happen, but we certainly know how to build that and what we want to do, right? So that's part of like what we're raising for is to be that epicenter, be that home base. So you don't have to open a tab every two seconds for something else, right? Like mm-hmm. it, that centralized information should be in one place. So for us, that's kind of, we're looking at different, collaborations and partnerships and we're also looking at you know different kind of acquisitions and like think things to kind of pull everything under the hood in addition to our own ip and things that we're building in house to try to really create that one stop shop for everything when it comes to information and also the activation part too so rather than going to like you know change.org to sign a petition and then running out to greenpeace to volunteer and then donating on black blue or or win red over here like you know, it's do all that here, open one app, do everything and then track it all, like be able to kind of like see where you stand, I think is the other important part of that. So, yeah. So, I mean, the answer is Common Ally is going to be the answer. <laughs> just, yes. just give us a little money and time and like we're there. Okay. So, yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to watch your guys' journey and you know, we'll we'll leave contact information at the end of this podcast. So if anybody wants to send you a check, <laughs> they can. <laughs> Great. So kind of wrapping things up, this is a podcast for lifelong learners of many different ages and life backgrounds. But I would love to know throughout your life and career, what's one thing that you wish you would have known sooner or something you wish you would have learned in school that you didn't?
1: Mm good question. Uh, I wasn't a good student until later. So there's a lot of things I can probably put out as an answer to that. But I think now that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 40 now, so I think I, I, I feel old and wise enough to say this as much as it sounds so corny, but time's kind of the one, it's the one asset you can't reclaim. I think that to me is something that's been hitting harder lately. Of just, you know, in my 20s, like the ambition was just on like level 100 and just, oh, I'm going to do all this and like definitely I'm going to nail this and that. And like, you know, like you just think about all these goals and you think you have the whole, your whole life to do it. And Mm. you get to a point where certain things expire, you know, and and some things go away. And we look with the pandemic, like entire industries are going away now. And some of those hopes and dreams and ambitions might have fallen in one of those industries could you have done that 10 years ago? You know, and and now being a father and seeing my little girl, like, you know, when she asks to play, like, you know, I've got a lot of stuff going on, but I try to say yes every time because (laughs) in two years, she's not going to ask me to play. And I can't, I can't reclaim that. I'm not getting it back. Right. So I think you could apply that to anything in your life. I think it's as relevant in business as it is personal, but to just Mm -hmm. really cherish time. And for us, that's, The more time I can buy by doing things right or doing things in a just way, like those are wins and they feel like wins. Like, trust me, we wanna, you know, make as much revenue as possible and all the other KPIs that we all hope to hit. But at the end of the day, those, it's getting more time, valuable time is what I think is the most important thing.
0: Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because you cannot get it back. So making sure to spend every, moment as wisely as possible. Yeah. Awesome, Aaron. Well, thank you so much. Where can people find you and find Common Ally? Commonally.com.
1: You can download the app from our website. You can check out our Chronicle series there. We have a whole section about how to vote as well, which will be relevant again. There's a lot of local state and you know midterm elections on the horizon, it's not just every four years, but yeah, it's just a uh, common spell as you would think, ally, a l l That's That's where awesome. you can find us.
0: <laughs> okay. Thank
1: you so, so much, Aaron. Of course. Thank you. Honestly, Rebecca, I love what you guys are doing. And you know, it's been a pleasure working with you. And, uh, I'm glad to be on here. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Likewise. And everybody, go check out Common Ally and send Aaron and the team your money and investors so we can all have a beautiful place to um, make better informed decisions. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks. The 13th Grade Podcast is a production of Knit Marketing. Music written and performed by Adewale Williams and Yusuf Blake. Sound editing and engineering by Antonio Ojeda. And I'm your host, Rebecca Burrow. Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe, like, and leave a review, and we'll see you next class.